0: Ain't ain't a word, so I ain't going to use it. You hear that, children? Ain't ain't a word, so I ain't going to use it. I ain't going to use it. (laughs) I ain't right in the head. (laughs) It.
1: Yeah, rocket. Not like, you know, the rocket ship, but like R O C K space IT. Rock it. Then again, we can. We, rocket ship can work. Like, that's, that's a great name for a band. R O C K space IT, then ship. Rocket ship. Yeah. Hey, hey, and, and I, can, I can see it now. The the cover is a big ship shaped like a guitar. And anyone who has a band and you're in desperate need of a name, I, I say just go and have it. It's all yours. I'll, all I ask in return is give me a groupie and I, I'll be set. I don't even care... What grade of groupie you throw at me? Mark, this girl, she's crazy. She smells bad. She has AIDS. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll take her. A groupie from the band (laughs) that I helped name. Oh, yeah, that's the life. And it is quite a life that uh, I made out for myself. That's why I need a vacation. And that's why this is the vacation episode of the Ain't Right in the Head podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman. Welcome aboard the rocket ship. With my newly acquired groupie girlfriend, her nickname is Slagdump. Wait, wait, that's, that's your, that your Christian name? Oh, sorry, Slagdump, but I still accept you and you complete me. Yeah, so the family and I, we went to the uh, Pocono Mountains in beautiful Pennsylvania it was great. It was, uh, it was my family, my brother's family, uh, two of our friends and their families. We're just like living in like a big hippie commune by a lake for a week. And I, you tend to realize after a while, I mean, there's a fine line between. Uh, you know, living in a hippie commune and going to a cult. <laughs> you know, it's. I, I we we're only there for I think it was like it was like six days I think, and uh, near the end you kind of get that feeling that it was going to get too familiar and the leader was going to emerge. <laughs> we already had kids there, so we can you know start training them early and just warping their minds. Oh, it was a beautiful thing. And uh and I, I, there's a part of me that I, I kind of wish we were there longer to see that kind of happen, but uh I realized that would have been wrong. It would it would have wound up in bloodshed. I mean, that lake would have been just littered with dead bodies, mine included. But I'm happy to be back and uh and I'm looking forward to talking about my uh big summer vacation with all y'alls and uh what's funny is A lot of times, to me, it's the drive up, it's the journey to the vacation destination that's an interesting story. And they always seem to happen at those service rest stops on the Pennsylvania Turnpike where all the mutants seem to gather. And uh, this this is one of those stories. So I should start off by saying that I'm always what what I call sci-fi ready. The way I figure, if something would happen that's out of the ordinary, I should be ready to accept, adapt, and conquer any paranormal or extra, extraterrestrial event. Uh, but if I'm in like a fire or an earthquake or a soccer hooligan riot, then I'm totally useless. But if there's a mutant slime attack, well, then I'm the man for the job. So I'm always ready in that regard. So case in point, we're at this you know, rest stop or along the turnpike, and um, the place was packed to the gills, and we were all waiting in line for some garbage fast food burgers, and I couldn't help looking around the crowd, and I, I, I just kept seeing an overpopulation of Asian people. It was almost to the point of being outnumbered. And I also observed zero other races that weren't white. I mean, there's no black people, no Indians, no Latinos, nothing. It was like the palest spectrum ever. And also, this is why someone who says they don't see people's color, I mean, we're all one gender or whatever, they're either bullshitting you or they're the worst witnesses for the police to interview following a crime. You know, like the cop will go up to him and say, Did you see the suspect? I need a description. Starting with gender, ethnicity, weight. And you know what? What would they say to that? I see all of us as one glob of beautiful, monocolored flesh, officer. Yeah. That's, anyway, uh, back to the situation. Um, so there I was, just surrounded by this uh, crowd of Asian people, and I, it was like a like a triad battle was going to break loose or something. Now, sci-fi logic suggests that this was an Asian invasion of some caliber where they secretly eliminated other races to weaken our defenses, as now there's plenty of white people, but without the black sidekick and the, uh, you know, teamed with the the by-the-book lame white detective or, like, the streetwise Latino guy as a partner who always wears a leather jacket to show the, the white guy how it's done on the street, you know? So, you know, no matter what the reason, the whites are going to be last to go, and I had to act. I mean, I knew instinctively that I had to follow one of them into a bathroom, and then subdue them, and get valuable information on what they're planning. I mean, it could be an alien invasion, it could be like a, um, some sort of disease that like struck Asians to overcome the other races, and... You know, and then at that point, according to sci-fi logic, I'd have to team up with a black guy as a comrade or a black girl as a comrade slash love interest. But the son of a bitch Asians took that option away. So when I settled on my target, it was like a skinny Asian kid wearing headphones and wearing a Nokia shirt, whom I was pretty sure didn't know karate beyond video gaming. But then I saw a black person and then another And then another and some other races started, you know, coming into the uh, to the rest stop. And, you know, they're making it into the mix and it was everything was becoming balanced again. So then I assessed the situation and found everything was back to normal. It, uh, It just turned out like the 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 Asians were on a bus and they were just departing. So the dynamics were back to a non suspicious level. So I learned something that day, while being sci-fi ready is always a necessity, it's best not to act until you know something truly strange is going down, and I also learned that I'm a closet racist. But another funny thing about rest stops, uh, most rest stops are the bathrooms. I mean, if you're like me and you like to go to the, like the big stalls so you can stretch out or get a chance to take your shirt off, take your pants off in case you have like a bad case of uh, sweat back or swamp ass, you have more than enough space to just you know hang some stuff out, let some stuff go, and just relax. Um, but one feature that I find disturbing is the little fold-out chairs that you can strap infants and babies into while the parent goes to the bathroom. <laughs> and and I, I am watching this, and I'm thinking, well, they could watch you go to the bathroom. They really have no choice. And I'm thinking, what kind of Nazi torture device is this? I mean, and, and what do babies think while this is going on? Oh, oh come here, little baby. Yay, daddy! i got
0: a seat for you. Oh, goody, a seat. Yay, fun. I'll strap
1: you
0: in. Yay, like we're going on a car ride. Woo. Good. Bo- 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 bo. What, what, why are you sitting down, Daddy? Oh, oh my no! <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. I can't breathe. <laughs> It is disgusting. I hate. Oh, oh my god! Oh no! Oh please stop it, Daddy! Why? Why do this to me? Oh thank you. Oh thank you. Oh. Shit on my fingers. No, no, don't. Wash your hands. Wash. I can't wash your hands. You can wash your hands. Wash your hands. Oh, sorry, baby. No. Don't touch me. It's, okay. it's not okay. I'll never be okay. Oh.
1: But the one big thing that stood out uh, to me uh, during this trip that I wanted to share is um, the date night. I had with my wife, Amber, um, you know, to make my wife happy or as an apology for something I've done or a pre-apology for something I'm bound to do. I occasionally go with her to bingo. Like Amber loves bingo and I hate bingo almost as much as I hate finding a used condom in my breakfast sandwich. I mean, well, if the condom is unused, then I hate bingo more. I just wanted to clarify that. So, while we are on vacation, we decided to have this date night. Um, she turned my down my suggestion of getting breakfast sandwich and having safe sex behind a dumpster of a fast food restaurant, which meant we went to bingo instead. Um, it turned out to be the first enjoyable, enjoyable bingo I ever went to. Um, if I have to do bingo, I want to do it at a fire hall because you're helping a struggling department make some money. And And the fire hall we went to was very small and it was like kind of an out of the way location so we entered this hall paid for our sheets and our bingo cards or whatever um, cards for specials early bird specials late bird specials fashionably late bird specials whatever you have and we took our seats one thing i noticed was they didn't have any bingo balls floating around that little suction tube in the plexiglass box i mean i figured they were they would like probably wheel it out at some point but <laughs> like another thing i noticed they had a laptop it was hooked up to a projector and it displayed some information about the games that we're going to play on the wall, like, you know, different, um, lines, different ways to win, stuff like that. So next thing I know, I mean, the bingo was starting and the, the person who was calling the numbers are going to the laptop. And next thing I know is they're opening up the laptop and they're running some kind of program where the uh, numbers are being called you know, by the, program that are being just randomly, um, I don't know, randomly brought up and, and I was thinking, you know, I was against this and then the machine started kind of calling out the numbers in a British accent <laughs> and I'm going, okay, uh, I can get on board with this. I mean, I don't know what, uh, how big bingo is in England, but I mean, just, just the fact that we're in like the middle of Pennsylvania and- <laughs> And we're at this bingo game at a fire hall and they have a laptop and the the accent is british and the people were calling the the uh the voice nigel so so any anyway, um I, I mean i could very well hear nigel's voice calling a cricket match but not not bingo but i mean It was great, but Nigel happened to be shy that night. He was only calling out certain numbers and being mute for others. So, so then my doubts about this system started to resurface. I didn't know if Nigel was malfunctioning like Hal from 2001, a space odyssey or something. But again, being sci-fi ready, I leaned over to my wife and said, if Nigel starts singing the song Daisy, we're getting the hell out of here, which my wife told me to shut up while she's concentrating on her 85 bingo cards in front of her. However, that wasn't the best moment of the evening. That came when I was looking over to the guy next to me. Now, he had, you know, just a couple of bingo cards in front of him. He had his dauber, but he had like a bell on his table, like a service bell. You ring it when you want someone, you know, when you're calling the servants over or whatever. Um, I was expecting like a troll doll or something, but the bell was odd. So, I mean, I thought maybe he had, like, throat cancer or something and couldn't yell bingo, so he used the bell instead, and I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. But then he talked to me a couple times in between games, so I, I just passed it off like maybe it was a good luck charm, uh, you know, or maybe he did have servants that he could beckon to the, you know, fire hall for bingo. Anyway, um, as the game went on, uh, after Nigel announced the number 066, Everyone started ringing bells. <laughs> I'm like, why is everyone doing this? Like, my curiosity, uh, it went from confusion and then to wonder. I mean, I thought, well, maybe the fire department station was, like, number 66 and something like that. or But it wasn't. Uh, or there was a member who called Bingo Games and died, and his number was 66. And, you know, kind of ringing the bell was kind of an honor, like, way to honor him. Uh, Or maybe we just stumbled into a cult that communicated with each other through bells, and they're applauding our murder as a sacrifice to the tick and mosquito god that uh, we had to worship at our um, house. But uh, either scenario was perfectly reasonable (laughs) to me at that moment. Um, You know, but you know, my wonder soon turned back to curiosity. And at one point, I took the opportunity to ask the guy sitting next to me. I was like, hey, I just have to ask, why do you guys ring the bell when 066 is called? So the guy leans in close to me and goes, oh, man, that's the devil's number. What? But I mean, it's true. He said they ring the bell to scare away the devil. And then they have to quickly put down the bell and mark the number with their daubers before Nigel calls the, the other number. I don't just, uh, so then my curiosity went from wonder back to curiosity, then to confusion, because I thought 666 was the, was the devil's number, not 66, not with an O in front of it, with a 66 on the end. I mean, I, maybe everything I learned about the devil after all those times he appeared on my shoulder and was arguing with the angel on my other shoulder, maybe all that was wrong. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the devil meant to write 666. But messed up the top curl on the first six, and it actually came out as 066 in certain folklore. I I thought about it some more, and it made sense. I mean, we were at Walmart uh, earlier looking for supplies for backyard jello wrestling. And while we were walking through the candle aisle, there was like this big section of nothing but rosary candles. So it was a very religious community, and I'm glad they're on their game and they're there to battle out the forces of good and evil, or if Nigel became self-aware and decided to wipe us all out. Either way, it was the best bingo date night ever, and I'll never forget it. Well, that's it for my vacation, and well, that's it for me for this episode. I'm certainly glad I had a good time. I hope you guys had the same. Uh, don't forget to check out my uh humor column coming out uh, tomorrow Sunday in the Herald Standard. You can read it online at www.heraldstandard.com go to the community section and look up according to Hoffman and you'll see uh this week's latest column. When you get a chance go to amazon.com and type in the uh in the uh what's it called uh the search box. Thank you. Just type in stupid brain. You can uh, check out my book, Stupid Brain by Mark Hoffman. Uh, it's uh, like $4.99, which translates from retail to $5. Bucks. Uh, spend some money, you cheap bastards. And don't forget to check out a uh, special, heartwarming episode of Kojak. Just uh, check your local listings for details. And that's it for me. I'm out!